Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. These words are the NIV, so the New International Version, translation for the 13th verse of the book of Acts chapter 10. These words have been paraphrased and otherwise translated to say phrases like, Rise, kill and eat, arise, kill and eat, or just simply, rise, kill and eat. These words are familiar to hunters and outdoorsmen of faith, and they resonate throughout our community of hunters as almost an anthem and a challenge to the pursuits that we enjoy. To hear these words come from the Lord himself verifies our position amongst the God-designed food chain. But to isolate this verse without reference to the other verses within its context misses a much greater opportunity to understand what God is telling Peter and ultimately what God is saying to us just 2,000 years later. Personally, this is one of my favorite verses. I mean, obviously, right? I consider myself to be a hunter and outdoorsman because I enjoy the process of being in the woods and holding a weapon so that I may be able to put some meat in the freezer in order to feed myself and my family. The main phrase in this verse has even become the name of this very own podcast. And anybody that has been listening to this podcast, you guys are, I'm sure, familiar with the name Rise Kill Eat Podcast. And it's inspired by this verse. And this verse is the is the inspiration behind this show that I host and I record and I edit and I produce, I plan and I invest countless hours into. So this is a verse that has really impacted my life personally. It's impacted my, my immediate family's life as well. So it's no mistake that the phrase rise, kill and eat has had a dramatic impact on my life and has demanded much study and has required much understanding. So what I want to do today is kind of tell the full story of Acts chapter 10. So those of you guys that follow me on Instagram and Facebook, uh, I think it was, I don't know, maybe a week or so ago. I don't know, maybe it's a couple of days ago. At this point, all the days are running together, but <laughs> it was not too long ago where I kind of, I wrote out a little gist of what Acts chapter 10 is and who Peter was, my Peter's story. So that's, so those guys that have seen that, you guys may be familiar with where this, this episode is kind of going, but I wanted to really dive into the full story of Acts chapter 10 and what the significance of this verse and of this chapter really is. So in order to do that, let's go ahead and start at the beginning of Acts chapter 10. So let me first begin by prefacing that I am by no means a Bible scholar and that I didn't go to seminary in order to formally study the Bible. So the information that I am giving here is this is all information that I have either read from footnotes in my own study Bible or things that I have interpreted myself. Okay, so I try to uh, read the Bible at least once a day, you know, sometimes maybe twice if I can uh, get to it and if I can uh, prioritize it enough to do that. Um, but these are all kind of independent study type things. So I, I never went to school to formally study the Bible. So this is uh, these are my interpretations and, and my my findings, I guess, through my own study. So I just feel that anytime I'm referencing the Word of God, because it's the infallible Word of God, <laughs> that I have to say that. I just feel that whenever I'm referencing the Word of God for what it is saying, that I have to preface with that. All right, so anyway... The book of Acts itself is a book that was written just a few decades after the ascension of Jesus. So Jesus was died on the cross. He was buried for three days. And on the third day, he rose up from the dead. He walked around for about 40 days or so. 
Okay, and then from there he ascended up to heaven. All right, so this is written after the ascension of Jesus so that these events are taking place not long after Jesus' physical time here on earth. All right, so it is understood that this book was written by Luke. I think Luke is kind of the, uh, the main author here, at least from what I could gather. So this is the same Luke that wrote one of the four gospel accounts. Okay, so there's four gospels, which is like the story of Jesus' life here on earth, death, burial, and resurrection. So you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Okay, so Luke is one of those. So he's also understood to be the same author of this book of Acts. So the reason that Luke wrote this was to likely to show the impact that the spreading of the gospel had amongst the Jews of the day as well as the early Gentiles. All right, so I'll kind of dive into what Jews and Gentiles, what the significance is kind of there with this with this story as well. But this book also lays out the foundation of early baptism in the Holy Spirit and establishes the Holy Spirit's role as the centrality of the church. All right, so that's just kind of the what the whole purpose of Acts really is. So with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into chapter 10 here. All right, so at the very beginning of the chapter, you have this guy. His name is Cornelius. All right, so Cornelius has a vision. Yeah, there's a lot of visions in this, this chapter. So he has a vision of an angel appearing to him. And this angel acknowledges Cornelius's heart and his generosity. So Cornelius is a, a God-fearing man. And this, this angel is, is acknowledging that. Okay, so he's saying that Cornelius has a good heart. He's generous. So he's acknowledging this. All right, so this angel has a bit of a history on some of the good things that Cornelius has done. So in fact, it tells us right here in verse 2 that he was a devout and God-fearing man. That's like I mentioned before. And then later on in verse 22, he is again described as being a God-fearing and a righteous man. All right, so this angel also requests for Cornelius to send some men to Joppa. Okay, so Joppa, I'm assuming I'm saying that right. So it's a little town kind of on the edge of the Mediterranean Sea. My Bible has a little map of the area, which it's kind of cool to see, you know, the area back then. So this is a little town on the edge of the Mediterranean Sea, which is close to Jerusalem. So Cornelius is going to send some men to Joppa where Peter is staying. And, and then those men are going to escort him back to Caesarea, which is where Cornelius lives. All right, so these men are going to go out, get Peter, and then bring them back. All right, so that's kind of where this is as far as the beginning goes. So then in verse 9, the story skips to the next day where Peter is planning to go up on the roof of the house that he is staying in in order to participate in his regular time of prayer. All right, so prayer was a huge deal for uh, early Christians, and hopefully it still is today. But this is this is uh, significant in this story because... Th- it is noon, so this is in the Middle East, near Jerusalem. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's very hot. It's likely very hot during this time of day. So, Peter is going up to the roof to kind of get away from everything, just kind of focus on God, focus on his prayers. So, he was going up there for his regular time, his regular noon prayers. So, it says that this was happening around noon. Okay, and it is understood that many of the early Christians, they, they had this time that was devoted to prayer. So, while Peter was up there on the roof, Doing his regular prayer time, he begins to get hungry. Okay, it's lunchtime, it's noon, he's probably getting hungry, and it says that he falls into a trance. All right, so, that fact that he is hungry during all this will actually end up having some significance here in the next few verses. But during this trance, Peter has a vision. Okay, like I said, there's another vision. 
right, so in this vision, it says that heaven opened up and a large sheet, I'm assuming like a, like a bed sheet, I'm sure something like that. A large sheet was let down from heaven and presented before Peter. All right. And on this sheet, again, remember, this is a vision on this sheet. There contained all kinds of animals, including reptiles and birds. All right. So here's where it gets to do the part that most of us are familiar with. All right. So verse 13, a voice from heaven says to Peter, get up, kill and eat. Again, that phrase alone has been translated in a variety of different ways, but all the translation have the same meaning. And it is that literally Peter is to get up from his prayers. Okay. Get up and get some food. All right. So like I said before, he was getting hungry. He needs some food. It's time to get up. Right. So Peter responds to the voice when this happens by saying, surely not, Lord. I have never eaten anything unclean or impure. All right. So traditionally by Jewish law in different uh, traditions, up to this point, certain animals were to be eaten and certain animals were not to be eaten for the sake of being spiritually unclean. Okay, but the Lord has kind of a different plan for these animals at this time. So once Peter responds by saying that he doesn't eat anything that's considered unclean, the Lord is going to respond again by saying, do not call anything impure that God has created. All right, so Peter, so the Lord tells Peter to get up, get some food, eat what I'm giving you here. There's all kinds of options here. Eat what I'm giving. Peter's like, no, I, I can't do that. I don't want to be ceremonially unclean. I can't be spiritually unclean. And the Lord says, don't worry about it because what I have made is clean. All right, so this whole exchange, it occurs three different times. Okay, so and then after that third time, the sheet that was full of animals is then brought back up to heaven. And then the vision kind of ends at this point. All right, so remember, this is all kind of a vision. <clears throat> So after this vision takes place, Peter is left sitting there wondering what all this even means. But right about this time, the men that Cornelius sent the day before approach the house where Peter is staying and they are looking for him. Right, so just as Cornelius requested based on the vision that he had. So Peter's sitting here trying to figure out what the heck just happened. <laughs> and these guys that Cornelius sent the day before, okay, they show up at the house. All right, so I think it's also important to note that the Lord had this 100% organized and this whole meetup, it was all 100% organized and arranged by him. Now he was arranging this meeting for Peter to meet with Cornelius at this house in order to ultimately give the message that he ends up giving later on in this chapter, okay, which I'll get to here in a second. I just think this is a really cool illustration of how God works and how he is constantly organizing our plans in order to fulfill his purpose. Okay. So we can make our plans, but ultimately, God is the one that's going to fulfill the purpose. God is the one that's going to be the one in control of those plans. All right, so anyway, Peter is sitting on the roof, still trying to figure out what the vision from earlier means. When the Spirit speaks to him again to tell him that, that there will be a few men coming to this house, and they will be looking for him and to go down with them because they had been sent by God. All right, so Peter's sitting there trying to figure it out. Men walk up, and God tells them again. It's like, these guys that are come here to see you, I have sent them. It's all right. Go ahead and go with them. So then Peter gets up, leaves the roof of the building, and heads downstairs to meet these men that were sent by Cornelius. All right, so once he gets down there, the men kind of let him know that Cornelius had requested to see him. 
because an angel had appeared to him, letting him know that he needed to hear what Peter had to say. All right, so all this stuff is going on within the matter of, you know, a couple days, and this whole arranged meeting was all organized and planned by God. So I'm, I'm assuming it doesn't really say, but I'm assuming that they went ahead and probably ate the food that was being prepared, and they end up staying at that house for that, that evening and that night, and then the next day they get up and leave towards Caesarea, which, is, again, is where Cornelius was expecting them at his house. So the men, they escort Peter to Cornelius' house in Caesarea. And after another day of travel, Peter arrives and enters the house, and Cornelius immediately falls at his feet. But the way that Peter responds to this is incredible and displays Peter's true character. Right, so Peter, he bends down, picks him up off the ground, and says, I am only a man myself. All right. So Cornelius had, I guess, this idea that, that Peter was worthy of being of falling down in in praising his presence okay but peter's like no i'm i'm only i'm just like you like we are the same here all right so i'm just somebody i'm just a i'm just a guy that is being used by god okay just like you are so i'm only a man myself is, is how he kind of responds to that i just think that's a great display of peter's humility in this service and in his ministry i think a lot of that stems from the events at uh, Jesus's crucifixion. So if you guys aren't familiar with that, Peter denies Jesus's, knowing Jesus prior to going to the crucifixion or prior to going to the cross and is later reconciled with Jesus from this event. So I think a lot of that kind of stems from that. But So he's not there for his own purpose. He's not showing up to Cornelius's house for his own purpose, but he is there for the purpose of fulfilling God's purpose for him. It's also important to note here at this time in history, and it says that right here, that it was illegal in the Jewish law, okay, the, the law of the society right now, or at this time, it was illegal in the Jewish law for Jews and Gentiles to associate with each other. All right, so in this specific scenario, it's technically illegal for Peter, a Jew, to associate and visit with Cornelius and his family because they are Gentiles. Right, so, so Jews are defined as God's chosen people of Israel. Okay, so of course in the Old Testament, the Jews were God's chosen people and they originate from Israel, whereas Gentiles are classified as pretty much anybody else. Okay, so if you're not a Jew, you're considered a Gentile. Okay, me personally, I would be considered a Gentile at this time. All right, so it's illegal at this time. For Jews and Gentiles to associate with each other. They can't really hang out together. Can't really be there, uh, be in the same presence as each other, which is just crazy to think about. But this was something that was still was going on at this time. All right. So moving on in the story, Peter is standing in Cornelius's house, which is full of Cornelius's family members and his neighbors. He brought a, over a bunch of people just so they could hear what Peter had to say because he knew it was going to be something good because all this stuff was planned by God. So he had had this faith that what Peter was going to say was going to be something good. And here's where Peter's vision from earlier, the rice kill eat vision, if you, so to speak, the from verse 13, comes back into play. All right, so remember that God ultimately is telling him to not call anything that he has created unclean or impure. All right, so just kind of keep that in mind as we're kind of going, going forward here. So it says that in verse 34, 
Peter begins to put the the pieces of the puzzle together. Okay, so and then he kind of realizes that his vision from a few days ago, the rice he'll eat vision, was setting him up for this moment right here. He went on to describe that this vision of segregation. Okay, this is something that is used a lot today. Okay, you're probably hearing a lot of it right now on the news, maybe, uh, or at least even in our history books and that kind of thing. But this idea of segregation between Jews and Gentiles is not necessary. Okay, so he's putting these pieces together. This is something that is not necessary because God shows no favoritism amongst specific people groups and that he accepts people from every nation. All right, so that's that's a huge statement that's happening here in chapter 10. All right, because remember, prior to this, Jews and Gentiles, two groups of people that were probably different skin colors or different tones of skin at least from different locations, different family backgrounds, even some different belief systems. They're both being accepted by God because he accepts people from every nation. So God has no favorite nation or favorite race or favorite geographical location, favorite economic, socioeconomic status or favorite profession. Because according to this story and the seemingly impossible arrangement of events that took place for Peter to even end up at Cornelius' house, it doesn't matter where you come from or what your ancestral background is because God shows no favoritism between race or nationality. He accepts people that are devoted to him from every nationality and every language, every background. And he is interested in our hearts, not where we are from, where we were born, or where our ancestors were born, but he is interested in our hearts, our devotion to him. We have absolutely zero control over those things. Okay, You can't control where you were born. You can't control the color of your skin. You can't control where your ancestors were born. You can't control the actions of your ancestors. Okay, We have no control over that. These are things that God has designed specifically for us and for a purpose, and that purpose is to ultimately fulfill his purpose, just as Peter and countless others did here. That purpose is to tell the gospel of Jesus and that access to salvation is available to all nations and to all languages. And that is exactly what Peter does here in the rest of the story. All right, so moving on here in verse 39. Peter tells the story of Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection. All right, so he tells the whole story. He gives the, the story of the gospel. So see, Peter was one of the original 12 disciples. So Peter was, was there with Jesus. He traveled with him. He, didn't, he taught with him. He was there to help him. And he loved him and followed him during his physical time here on earth prior to his crucifixion. And then again, and after his resurrection. Peter was there. He saw it all happen. So Peter has seen the story of Jesus firsthand and experienced his incredible power of forgiveness. Because like we mentioned before, he denied Christ three times as he was taken to the cross, but then was later reconciled because Jesus had forgiven him for doing that. So he's seen this incredible power of forgiveness. All right, so moving on here in the story, as Peter was speaking to the group gathered in Cornelius' house, the Holy Spirit came over all that was there, and they celebrated and rejoiced together, okay? So both Jews and Gentiles, two people groups, all right, they participated in praise and baptisms together here at Cornelius' house. So this phrase, rise, kill, eat, going back to the very beginning of the story, has nothing to do with hunting per se, 
Okay, it's used a lot in hunting themed things. It's the name of this podcast, which is a hunting and faith podcast. So it's, but this verse itself, okay, when you look at the context of this verse, it really has nothing to do with hunting, but it's actually about sharing the good news of salvation through Jesus for people from all backgrounds and nationalities. But for us as hunters, it also verifies our God-given passion to pursue and consume the animals that he has given us. He is the creator of these things, and he is the one that has labeled them as clean so that we might enjoy them during our next meal. We don't have to feel immoral or wrong when we are pursuing and consuming these animals because they are a gift from God himself in order for us to have physical sustenance to maintain our energy. Okay, in this story, the food that was presented to Peter by the Lord was not just a means of giving Peter sustenance for, the, for that day, but it was a display of God's mighty creation. And it was a means for us today to understand that we are all part of his creation, and that we are all created equally for his purpose. And that purpose is, of course, to know him. But it can't stop there. Okay, so if the phrase, rise, kill, eat, is something that you can resonate with, then it can't stop there. We must use that opportunity as a platform to share the story of salvation through Jesus to people from every tribe, every language, and every nation. All right, so thank you guys for listening to the Rise, Kill, Eat podcast today. And I appreciate the ongoing support from people from all over the country and really all over the world. Uh, Hopefully this was something that was beneficial for you as far as your faith goes. And this was just a little story that I've, or just a little message that I've kind of been in working on. I've been spending a lot of time in Acts chapter 10 lately just to kind of, kind of understand it more. So if I'm going to have the label and I'm going to have the title of the Rise Elite podcast, then I need to understand what that story is about. And this is exactly it right here. So it's just an incredible experience knowing that you guys, you know, you choose to listen to this show from all over the place. And I can't thank you guys enough for the support. I mean, I literally, like I mentioned before, I, I literally record these episodes in my bedroom in the foothills of Kentucky. So to know that there are people from, you know, Texas, Tennessee, California, Canada, Australia, I mean, that are listening to the show is just awesome and encouraging for me. So thank you guys so much. So if you found if you found any value from today's episode, I just want to ask you, the listeners, to leave a positive rating and review on the podcast platform that you're listening on. I've said this many times before. Anybody that has been listening to the Rascally Podcast for any amount of time, you've probably heard me say it, but these ratings and reviews, they go a long way in sharing the Rascally Podcast and getting the show into potentially more ears. Whenever these softwares and whenever these platforms are showing new shows that you may be interested in, they're going to obviously move up the ones that are getting more attention and getting more ratings and reviews. So this is a great way for you to just take I don't know, 15 seconds and give back to the Rise podcast if it, you have gotten any kind of value from it at all. I also wanted to ask you guys to connect with me on my social media. So I'm most active on Instagram where you can find me at the handle at Rise Kill Eat, like the name of the show. But I'm also on Facebook at facebook.com slash field. And then on Twitter at the handle at RKE Afield. So again, thank you guys for listening today. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode. So be sure to join me next time for another episode of the Rise to Elite Podcast. My name is Tyler Pruitt. I can't thank you enough for listening. And I'll see you guys next time.